Welcome to Making It Small in Music with Barker and Broski. Uh, I'm Mike Smart, Mike Smimer Buck. <laughs> you, you never told me that before. I'm, <laughs> I'm learning Mike so Sn- much about you. I'm Mike Snyder Barker, and I love playing music. And I appreciate the baristas, you know, who stick around to pay attention to us. And you uh, are. They're, they're long-suffering. I'm Chris uh, Broski, and I am here because... When I was younger, I had dreams of musical stardom, and those dreams are dead, and I'm happy about it. Fantastic. <laughs> I, I love, you know, killing your old dreams. It's It's been a long time coming. Well, it's magic. So, you know, Chris, <laughs> um, you had a, a, an amazing interview last month. Oh, you, you should have heard the guy. He yeah. was brilliant, a fantastic yeah, musician. Yeah. Um, yeah. Named I, I Michael hear, Snyder he, Barker. I hear, uh, I hear he's not a bad lyricist. He can make words. Uh, that words. is for sure. We make um, words. But my my guest today, our guest today, is this uh, um, small musician, and I think that means in physically and uh, <laughs> and accomplishments. A gentleman by the name of uh, Chris Brosky. Chris, welcome to the program. It's great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Um, this is going to be our second. Yeah, well, this is going to be our second uh, guinea pig session before uh, we we get other musicians in here. So yeah. I, I'm enjoying it. I think the practice is fun. I'm looking forward to having a real podcast one day. That's That'll, right. I'm so excited. Now, what, what what I'm really curious is what your link is to the podcasters. The <laughs> yes, that's right. Well, I mean, I guess we could talk about, uh, you know, how we work together and whatever. And, um, you know, we met in college back in in 1980-something B.C. That's and, um <laughs> Is that before COVID? <laughs> that is, it's all before COVID. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we were working at the radio station, and I'm I have this thing where... You know, once I learned how to play guitar, I was always wanted to be, I was, I would force friends and family to learn to play so that I could be in bands with them. I was constantly making bands that kind of obsessive about it. And, um, and that's the thing about this passion, isn't it? You know, you, you, you get so passionate about it. You want to share it. Well, it's like anything like eating. Like, you know what? I just ate again. I can't stop myself. Wow. I would die if I didn't eat. I know it's a problem, but that's yeah, my lifestyle. Yeah. You know, have you talked to anybody about it? <laughs> Everyone who will listen. Ah, and uh, I share a meal with. I love and it. it just makes them hungry is the problem. Ah, ah. So, but you- I think when I was my first year there, uh, the drummer I played with was Dave. Dave, Dave Barger. Barger. Barger certainly a really nice guy and a really yeah. good drummer and um but he uh i think he only went to adrian for one year i think i think you're right and then um yeah really cool guy and uh so then year two i must have been a sophomore and i was uh in a biology class with our bassist dana mm-hmm. and we were playing and I think did did he originally uh, hit you up to play drums or yes? How did you know Dana? Um, because I know how I knew you it was from radio station. 
I'm not really clear on that memory. You know what? I think I met him through Eric Stone. Okay, that makes sense because Eric, he was a townie too, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, and and you know, I, I think I was walking by the TV station at Adrian College, and you guys were in there playing, and and uh, and Eric was you know singing with you. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we tried him out. Yeah. He did not make it. Uh, good <laughs> we friend. just saw him. He came out. Yeah. He came out to see us last year at um, uh, Unity Vibrations. That's right, and that was that was a fun show. I, it's it's a great place to play. It was great to see Eric. Still a really yeah. nice guy, and yeah. um, he's a minister now. Um, I think that's what the is uh, that what Methodists they call, call him? him. He's yeah. a Methodist Methodist minister. Yeah, and and he he moved back to Adrian, and is he's actually ministering in his uh, in the church he grew up in. Wow. Yeah. He is a he is a true townie, isn't he? I know, I know. Good family too. Um, good family. You know so what? Thinking about this earlier, you know, when I, when I thought about this interview, and I, I really wondered um, about what age did you start developing a, uh, a passion for music? Um, I was about nine years old, and this is in the nineteen seventies. There was this big thing; they had electric organs. So you could get, you can get an organ for your living room. Before, you know, you needed a cathedral. Right. You know, you had to have the huge pipes and everything, or right. possibly a steam calliope. I'm, I'm not sure what was around sure. before and that. Yeah, I have to build a barn for that. <laughs> yeah. So they had this, this was still a piece of living room furniture, and my mom wanted one, so mm -hmm. she bought one at the local place, and the whole family had to start taking lessons. And I just had a knack for it. I must have been eight or nine years old, and mm -hmm. it just made sense to me, you know? And this yeah. wasn't, and the cool thing was, it wasn't like a, a church organ. It had things where you could, at a one finger chord, so it had mm. you, it was special marked keys, you could push it down, and it would play a C chord. And it would play play arpeggios over the chord. You could uh, play, uh, it had an electronic drum kit. You could no. really rock out on this thing. So you could just kind of set back, press a button, let it go. Yeah, and then solo, go nuts. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I I really liked it. And I probably, I don't know how long, I, I guess I played it until they eventually got rid of it, which is maybe even into high school we had this thing in our living room. And, um, <coughs> excuse me, and the thing is, so back then, since... You know, this is called making it small. I, I am a shorter than average person, and when I was nine years old, I was super small. I was like the smallest kid in my whole class. So, the music store noticed this, what look appeared to be you know a toddler, playing um, <laughs> their their electric organs, and they they paid me to play at local malls and things like that, so that they could sell so their organs. You were I, I was even on a. I was on a local, yeah, I was a pro at nine years old, yeah. um, and it was all downhill from there. <laughs> I, I got to be on a local commercial. Oh, man. Th though that was a little, I showed up to the TV, they paid me like $20 for that. Ooh. It was amazing. Well, but you know, in 1970s, that was like $100. It was a lot. I don't know. I think I bought I bought a fishing rod with it, but they... Um, when I showed up to the TV studio, they didn't have an organ. They only had a piano. Oh. I'd never played piano before. Oh. So they, they had to show me uh, something really quick. That a piano does not have a one-finger chord function. I don't know if oh. you knew that. 
I did not know that. I've it, I've never learned piano. It is a it's it's a largely unknown thing. Yeah, like you know Beethoven, Chopin, they had to play all the notes. Whoa! Like that's nuts. I love that's modern weird. technology. So what 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 I hear you saying, Mister <laughs> uh, Broski, is that um, you were really encouraged and supported. As, as a young child in, in your musical endeavors. Well, you know, pressured and nagged. I mean, you know, tomato, sure. tomato. But uh, no, I was I was really happy that I, I did have that opportunity. Though I did, mm. I mean, also in school, I took up the saxophone okay. um, in wind ensemble. And I got to okay. say, if, if by chance there are any young people listening, you never know. Maybe it's a yeah. million years in the future. Yeah. Um, Please do take advantage of your school's music system, because even though it's not cool, you don't get to play cool instruments, you don't get to play cool music, um, the basics of music that I learned, you're going to learn how to read music, you're going to learn um, how to play with other people, it is so, you're, you're going to get so much out of it, and it's way better than gym, so. <laughs> I suppose, you know, although I really kind of like dodgeball. Oh yeah, I was I good hate at it. you. I was yeah. terrible at it. Yeah, I, I, was, I was better. Probably, I was probably the kid that you didn't want to see on the other team. Yeah, probably. I I was a kid you wanted to see on the other team. Now <laughs> I was small and I could dodge, but yeah. man, I could not throw. Not for the life of me. Yeah. I was just try, just trying to wait it out and get to the end. But uh, I was kind of athletic as a kid. I played a lot of baseball. Um. Oh yeah, I, I tried. Well, you know, it doesn't make sense to me. It's like, why are you throwing? You're like, it's like you're throwing a rock right at my head. That's <laughs> dangerous. That is not That's cool, right. man. So you turn to music as your recreation of choice. Well, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I as much as I, I was singing the praises of, of, you know, school band. Well, my stepdaughter has school orchestra. Oh, I would have. Ah, oh, I would have loved that because yeah. stringed instruments make sense to me. Yeah, wind instruments are weird, and I think I was when I was younger. I was plagued with really bad canker sores, and I can assure you, playing a woodwind and canker sores did not mix. No matter how much you think that it might help play the blues, you know, get some pain and blood into oh, your music. Man. It made it not fun. I didn't want to practice sure. and. Let another unknown, largely unknown fact: If you don't practice, you don't get very good. What? I know it's crazy. There's always a catch. There is always a catch. You know, and and uh, on those hours and hours and hours of practice and all the money on equipment, sometimes we make ten, fifteen bucks at a gig for three hours. <laughs> Man, it's it awesome. Is. It's still real. It still makes us professional musicians, yeah. part-time yeah. professionals, and That's we right. lose money. But I know somebody paid us, so that counts yeah. for something. Well, but it's it's not really about the money for you. Well, it isn't. You know what? It's nice. I think any hobby where you can make some money back yeah. is is a win-win. You know, not only is. not only does it offset some of the exorbitant costs, but it is. It's it's um what would you call it uh it like where it's a you're you're it legitimizes you that's a good word <clears throat> you know it is it's like you know what somebody paid us whether they wanted to or not i mean that is a major that's a major hurdle 
and that's uh, that's one that's one or two steps lower than having an actual loyal fan because you know i wouldn't know (laughs) well i know but the thing is if they put money in your till they're saying they like you Yes, um, if, but if there's no commitment. A, that's just like a one night stand. You that's know? We, right. That's I want right. to go steady with some with some people who like us. Yeah. Have them come back to multiple shows. Yeah. Well, yeah, that that's yeah. my next main goal as a musician. Yeah. I think I the the project that I'm in right now. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Barker and Broski. Familiar, familiar. It, I, I, they're on my Spotify. Oh yeah, they're they're all over Spotify. Yeah. Um, Spotify it sounds like a cleaner or something, doesn't it? That's right. Yeah, do you have too Spotify. much music lying around? <laughs> Use Spotify and remove it. That's um, right. right. But yeah, I, I've never, this is the best music I've ever made, you know? And mm. I guess, I guess whatever project you're in, you've been working your whole life up to that point. Right. But, uh, the, the original music we're making, I'm, I'm just really happy with it. And, uh, you know, hope we can continue for at least a few more years before we're too old. Well, you know, I, um, I've been listening to some of that Barker and Brosky stuff, and, and, and that, that guitar player is very creative. Well, he certainly does not play inside the box. That's and, right. you know, it, here's the thing, too, is that, you know, we talked about how I did, I was getting paid even when I was just a little kid. And for a while, I, I considered I wanted to make music um, my full-time job and I discovered that that was a terrible idea because I I love music and when I when I started to have to rely on it for you know to pay my bills it sucked the joy out of it so hard that's right you know and there's like people the pros that we know like Dave Roof um I I I have so much appreciate him so much because he does have a passion and he loves it and he makes money on it and maybe he's just more talented in him than I am <laughs> um, so it's easier for him but no I have a lot of appreciation for the people who can I, do I think this it's because he's, he stayed on the same trajectory um, since he was a teenager without wavering yeah see not me I mean me music was always an escape music was right. always something for me you know, when, when I was angry and frustrated, I could I could play Black Sabbath and get all my anger oh, yeah. out, much yeah. to the chagrin of my mother. Yeah. And it was her fault for buying that organ, you know. That's right. You know, one of the things that about working on the Barker and Brosky project is I can do whatever I want, and I really like to take the opportunity to do something new. Like, I was going through a lot of our songs and... There are very few songs where I do anything close to the same. The same picking patterns, the same keys, the same chord progressions. I mean, I'm, and that's one of the things I really like about your lyrics is they go all over the place. You know, if you were somebody who just wrote like love songs, Hmm. there, you know, it's it's gonna limit you, which is fine. I want I want to write music that is appropriate to the lyrics, and and you could definitely work with that. But I would not have the opportunity to really explore, you know, as much as I like. To me, if we write a song that sounds like somebody else's song, what's the point? You yeah. know, they somebody else already did it better mm-hmm. than us. I want to bring something new to the table. Yeah, that's fun. And I think we do. I think we do bring something unique, which Absolutely. which has a downside too. It's I think it's hard. Like we were talking about, 
you know, when 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 we go to publish our music, mm-hmm. CD Baby is like, oh, who do you sound like? You know, what genres? And I'm like, oh my god, I all don't even them. know. Yeah, we're we're all over the place. Yeah. Not all of them. We're we're not very hip hop or opera. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of opera. Not yet. Well, there's definitely musical theater. That that is yeah. a huge influence to what we do. Yeah. But. Um, and, and I think it makes it hard to market, but that's the beauty because we don't have to worry about making money. We can do something like way outside of the box and it's not a big deal. You know, we could do what, what we love, what we want. Would you, would you agree that that's probably the style that, that, that we play is out of the box? No, I, I definitely think that we could narrow it down more than that. But um, I, I do think that whatever it is, I, I we're almost like a novelty group, you know, like something they would play on, on Dr. Demento or whatever. I would um, hope. Like I who's hope. good, like, like Tenacious D or, or um, Flight of yeah. the Concords. But we've, we're more, more of a country right. folk kind of feel. I, I've called us the country Tenacious D. And I think that's that's not a bad description. It does come really that close. That's not a bad description. It comes very close to if somebody was expecting that and they, they saw us, I don't think they would be misled. I think they would see exactly what right. they expected. So but that that right. is the freedom I love, you know. I we we work, <laughs> you know, we have the our day jobs. We have to sleep. Yep. We have to do our chores and, and we have our family. And, you know, there's only a little time left in the day. And, and to have music there for me and to be able to be like, you know what? You go nuts. Do whatever you want. Try something new. Um, ex- right. You know, it's I love it. If there's uh, we work hard. Um is that? Is, did you write that song? You should write a song called a day, that. <laughs> a day at a time. One step at a time. One and step at a time. We work hard. I uh, and and you know what? We we deserve something in our lives where where we can spread our proverbial wings, um, and I think we have that, and I, I love it. Could you talk more about your recording projects? <clears throat> no. Um, <laughs> recording, <laughs> we just have the one, don't we? It's just Barker and Brosky. Well, well, what I'm talking about is, um, the first record, the second record ah, and the right. third record. I guess it's the same projects, just serial. They, uh, well, you know, and, and this is the thing is I was in my fifties before oh. I was able to write and record, um, see, you hear Silas? Oh, I do. Hey Silas. Yeah. Shut up. You shut up. Anyway, um, where was I? Oh, uh, right, right. The, uh, the projects. Thing. Yeah. So, and and it was and thanks. Yes. I mean, and I still I still feel like I owe you because I you know until we started working together, um, I would have never done this. I would have never mm-hmm. recorded. I would have just kept staying in my basement playing guitar. Like, yeah. like any good guitarist and you know, you knew Dave from way back and, and you had already recorded an album and I was jealous. Yeah. Well, yeah. I wasn't jealous, but I was impressed. I really, yeah. Bark's Wagon Tales was a fantastic piece of music. Thank you. Thank you. And, um, I still, I still listen to it. There's so much yeah. good stuff on there. 
Um, you though know, Dave your, kind second, of, uh, your second one was better. Yeah. But they're both very good. I started recording back in the early 90s with, with Dave, actually. And that's when I started creating original music. And then I created the original music for Soylent Green, Edgar Allan's Toe. And yep. Never really stopped, but you know, tell me about the uh, oh right the feelings so, about the, the the Billy Bob projects and so, and so right. So when we started that, I mean, that was was that three years ago now. I think um, so. Yeah, something like that. And uh, yeah, so we I what was fun is that you and I working together. I guess yeah. with any band, even solo, you know, right. uh, finding your voice. It's yes. about like what is it that what do we do what does this project do what are our strengths and weaknesses mm -hmm. and and that first album was so much of us sort of exploring what the options are and what it is that we do yeah. and um you know our first really the first song we wrote was generica i mean yeah. you had those lyrics from years before and right, right. you've had a you had a couple people try to write music for it yeah. but i have a feeling you weren't happy with them not completely um, okay. They both changed them and and made them not not what I intended. But you you took the words as is and just added some really really great music to it. Well, I try to I you know when I read your words, I really try to think of the spirit of what you're trying to do. I don't always nail it. Sometimes I yeah. I think you're you're trying to do one thing, but that was whoops. <laughs> you were trying to yeah. do something else. But I do my best to say, you know what what is it about this song? What does it need? And that's why I kind of like, well, it's called Generica. Let's do yeah. something like America. <laughs> and I was totally yeah. ripping off America with the yeah. like the close harmonies and everything. And I did add something. I didn't change the words, but I added echoes. Right. Of corporations. I, w I, I spent hours online looking up the best corporations to echo with. You know, you Kraft Foods doesn't exist anymore. They've changed. They've rebranded. But you also added something else. You said, Mike, um, it's so weird that you write these these lyrics and then you don't put the title of the song in the in the actual that's lyrics. Right. I did add that. Yeah. I just I. I well, that's a nice thing about two people is you can echo, yeah. you know, well, that's it. and in my opinion, really a song is just repeating the title over and over. This is why you're the lyricist and I am yeah. not. Yeah. I write instrumentals and I'm like, well, uh, to make this commercial, I have to add some um, lyrics crap. But, you know, you've this. written you've written some really good songs that 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 are in the Billy Bob story. Well, yeah, that's but. It was your story. I mean, mm -hmm. everything I took, and I'm like, well, this is what you wrote, and it's point A to point B. I'll write well, A and a half. Let's get there. And and I love it. Let's call it our story, because you're the one that, that put these two songs together and said, hey, these are related. Let's build on it. That's a, it, it, is, a, it is a good collaboration, yeah. I think. And, yeah, um, definitely. And it's a lot of work, though. Because we could just write random songs, and that's fun. But it's like, this is a story, and all the songs have to work together, and it's challenging. It really is. And this, this last um, piece of it's probably going to be the most challenging. How do we wrap it up? We have to wrap it up. I have yeah. a rough plan. But how to get there? Uh, well, we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully it'll all work out in the end. But again, we're amateurs. Nobody yeah. is depending. Like, if we That's fail, right. Mike, nobody loses their job. 
<laughs> Nobody, Nobody goes cares. hungry. Exactly. I yeah. love I love being an amateur musician That's or nice. I guess a part-time mu- musician. Right. Um, um because it's the freedom to fail. I yeah. love being able to fail with Yeah, when people depend on consequences. For, when people depend on this for a living, they don't have the freedom to fail. It's stressful, man. Yeah. I would not. I don't handle stress well. I'm very high strung. I like Ren from Ren and Stimpy. You know <laughs> what? You idiot! But uh, yeah, so I got I got to chill out, or I'll I just lose my mind. Yeah. But now I think it's going well, and and hopefully when we're done. So the first album, what was it? You you. <laughs> You had those lyrics to "Don't make our love like a drive-by shooting" for, for over twenty years. years. Yeah, and nobody would write music to that. That's right. And uh, you know, and that's what it was. And I saw it. And I'm like, this is a challenge. How do I take something so silly and irreverent and make it? You know, when you read something like that, you just want to. Well, I'm going to write silly and irreverent music and Mm. that would be too much that would Mm. have been like i think it would have been just a big mess disaster so i'm like what if i write the most complicated guitar part i can think of just to sort of offset that and surprise it worked uh you know it was it was a coin flip but uh yeah and then right i i but then i thought what would happen to this character if his song got big because mm. he's a hack the, the it's the song is written in first person by right. a character who right. wrote the song and um it's like well what would happen if you what's the line in there buy my record and cry with and me cry with me yeah and um it's like what if people did buy his record what what would be <laughs> don't make our love like a drive-by shooting too what would be the sequel? How would he follow that up? And I'm like, I don't know. And I'm like, wait, that's a song. So I wrote Please Break My Heart, which yeah. is about him not being able to write a follow-up. Yeah. And I'm like, that's kind of neat, because there's two songs that, that are connected. And you know what? I was, You're an Accomplice was just killing me. No, this, yeah. is some, this is an example of something that I was outside of the box on. And I went a little too far outside. There, there were dragons. I went off the map on this one. I don't think you went too far. <laughs> it was, it was challenging. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what I did is you gave me all these verses and no chorus. So what I did is I wrote each verse as a separate mini song, mm-hmm. and then we just slammed them all together, and they're all yeah. in different keys and different tempos and time signatures, and um, yeah. yeah, it was like whoops. There's six different songs. And, um, but I realized recorded it too. Oh man, it was hard. Yeah. And, um, always the last song we do on the album. That's the one. Yeah. (laughs) That's where we're at with our third album. Now we've got two last songs that we've got to get done. And like, that's way harder than the first two we did. I I ended up writing some more and we got five songs out of it. They were all part of a a story. I mean, I guess they move one into the other, but it was unclear about what, what is the story we're trying to tell. So then the next thing I wrote was, um, the prequel to that setting up, you know, who is Billy Bob and where did he come from? And so our second album was called the legacy of Billy Bob senior, which is about Billy Bob's father. 
And um, so we're kind of going in Star Wars order. That's right. Where the first Billy Bob is the original trilogy. And then the second one is like the prequels with Jar Jar Binks. And then the third one is now going to wrap it up and we'll get uh, um, the... And Harrison Ford's going to die. J.J. Abrams, yes. Uh, So... That, I mean, it worked for George Lucas. Why not us, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, but I, I hope we don't have to get somebody else to produce it for us like um, like George Lucas did. Well. I mean, are we wealthy enough now to have um, have ghostwriters? He did not ghostwrite, which, oh, you mean, well, the, the, the sequel trilogy. Yeah, yeah, he had, that was a disaster. No, let's not do that. Let's, <laughs> let's write the sequel trilogy ourselves. Okay, good plan. And, um. Though I wouldn't mind, you know, when we get all three done, and I've we've we've written a couple of um, new songs to add within the story, and mm. you know, eventually I'll I'll write out the whole libretto, and I mean I'd love to see it done as a stage play. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah. I think it was meant to be done as a stage play. It'll be great. That's right. But and then that that'll be our next one. But right now. So our second album is is the one we we released a couple months ago, and I was really happy with it. It was just like the first album, but better. That's right. (laughs) You know? And um, that's where I want to keep going. Just keep getting better until we plateau and then quit. But (laughs) maybe take a break. um, So anyway, um, where was I? Oh, right, the Billy Bob story. And that sort of became like what we do you know discovering right. that billy bob that that's really the framework that's the that's the the running theme and that's so right. we've written two of the three acts and but the album we're working on now well i i mentioned earlier the 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 song please break my heart where i talk about billy bob not wanting to write any more songs so his plan mm-hmm. is he's going to write really silly songs and then he won't be popular anymore right. and it's like you know what I think we're just the people to write that. <laughs> and we, you know, when, when we started talking about that, my, the songs just started flowing. They did. You gave me so many lyrics and they're so funny and fun. So many fun, fun songs. I think I only wrote one song on this Two. album. Oh yeah. One. Right. I only wrote commotion. one. What's with all the commotion, which That's is just right. a collection of all of old man sayings, which is, which I love. But you take over singing, I think, more slightly more than half. I guess I am hogging the vocals on that's, this. That's fine. I, I wanted you... I did one last week. Um, it was... I Fell in Love in Cell Block D. Yeah. Um, one of your classics. <laughs> and uh, I. that's almost a duet. I'd like you to maybe sing the verses if you can, but the way... The way I wrote it is is a little awkward and weird, so let's go over that next week. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, to figuring out what I can vocally add to that. Well, I think yeah, we're gonna. I don't know. We'll see. Work in progress, but I do think I am really excited about what we're working on now because, well, our first two albums, and I'm assuming our third album as well, which is starting to come together. One one half, one side. Back in the day when things had different two sides. Right. Um, I wouldn't mind getting a vinyl. Hmm. Wouldn't that be cool? Didn't that you always dream cool. of having a vinyl record when you were a kid? I did because that was the only format I was aware of. 
And, and it's like, you know what? Now we're not, we're, we're failures as professional musicians, but we're good at our day job. So we can just throw money at the problem and, um, throw, throw it at the, the pros that we know. And, um, yeah, let's make, let's make some vinyl. All right, let's do it. That would be so cool. And, uh, I think this is the, the record to do it because our first, our typical Barker and Broski album. The first side is the Billy Bob story. Right. And the second side is just a bunch of random stuff. Like on this album, we've got a surf rock song. We've got a metal song. Um, We've got like a pop uh, M.O.R. song. Um, Ballad. And yeah, no, and, and, and other other odd things. And it makes it. Like I was saying, it makes it hard to market, but we don't care. Yeah, yeah. But this album is all the same kind of genre. Right. So if we wanted to market it, maybe we could get... I would love to like just have a few thousand people hear our music. I that think would that be would cool. be amazing. Go That's into Spotify right. and see like a... Everything says less than a thousand. <laughs> Every single song less than a thousand, and we got so many friends of ours too on Spotify, right. which I love. You know, yeah. we've got this um, the online open mic that uh, I started with Chad and Dan back when we all all of the open mics got canceled yeah. because of COVID nineteen, which is from twenty twenty. I guess they had an early start. But, um, yeah, when the uh, shelter in place 2020 was probably April 2020, March, Uh, April. I think it was um, the the last two weeks in March is is what I think. Is that when everybody started to get locked down? So, you know, that's why I I contacted some of the open mic folks and I'm like, let's try something on Zoom, you know, because, again, my day job, I work remotely. So, you know what? I guess a day job can be useful for more than just the money. That's like, right. I, I do our website because I'm a web developer. So, I suppose the skills. And you are a therapist. So, you can, you know, help talk me down off of the ledge. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so it's very valuable skills. But, Definitely. you know, so many of the people. Oh, we have so many talented people. Yeah. Um, and we're getting a lot like over 20 people uh well, were coming on from from other states from other countries even oh right right one guy from another, one, from canada one guy from Two. Lond- london ontario well isn't that one woman who plays a ukulele from canada as well i think i don't know and she I sings don't... about her divorce no she's from ann arbor hmm. i'm pretty okay. sure she's i i I'm pretty sure she's part of the, are she? I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The, um, the point is, is these people are so good. And so many of them have their music on Spotify, Tom Alter and, um, Memphis Hawk. And, um, who are some other good ones? Uh, Vernon Tanger and, uh, Rich. Yeah. Rich Kruger. Oh, man. I yeah. Both of them are such good songwriters. Yeah. And I can go in and, and listen. And they're all less than a thousand. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> bam, right down the list. Um, Rich and, and uh, Vernon, they did play on somebody else's album. 
that has more more than a thousand, but it wasn't their music. It was he was a vinylist from um, Wisconsin who was semi popular. I find it amazing that there there are so many talented people that no one knows, and there are so many people who might not be quite as talented that, that everybody knows. And you know what? To me, that's why I love where music is right now with yeah. Spotify and with social media. Now it's still all garbage but it does you know all of the people that i know and this podcast i think yeah. is what it a lot of that is going to be about just finding right. the people like us who love music and write stuff and record and nobody ever listens to it That's but right. you know what it's not bad well you know and, and families and friends are forced to hear it unfortunately yeah yeah they don't that doesn't go well <laughs> no. Well, that's why, you know, casting a wider net, somebody's bound to like our music. Right, right. Do you think? <laughs> I, maybe one or two. But well, so the odds, you know, I like to play the odds on that. But yeah, yeah so, and, and that's, it. I am, I am amazed at how many people there are out there. Who else? Oh, uh, Jonathan, um, um, Jay Washburn Jay Gardner. Yeah. And um, I played I on like his, his record. Stuff. You did? I did. I played uh, mostly just snare drum. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. With like a violent femmes thing. Mm, but but a lot softer. Less violent, more femme. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so many wonderful musicians out there um, that that we're looking forward to, you know, just having a conversation with and sharing the conversation. Well, and the community is nice yeah. too. And, yeah. But still, I think that I don't know any of these musicians that have as much attention as they should get. Right. And right. we're living in a time now where, yeah, there's the Internet is the great equalizer. Mm-hmm. But but mainstream media is owned by five companies, That's basically. Right. Um, they own all the radio stations. So you're, you're getting a, a very small sample of everything right. that is really out there. And I think if it's like, you know, pop radio and mainstream radio, it's kind of like McDonald's. It's sort of the Mm -hmm. fast food. It's these large corporations and nothing. I like McDonald's. I will eat McDonald's sometimes if I want something affordable and fast and convenient and consistent. And I'll listen to pop radio as as well. That's it's the music isn't bad in the same way that, you know, a Wendy's hamburger isn't bad, but you're never going to find anything great. You know, you got to go to the little out of the way restaurants and, and try food, you know, take a chance and, and that kind of thing. And, and that's the same way I think about these small, these small artists, you know, you're going to find gems in here that you will never find on mainstream radio. That's right. That's right. (laughs) You know, I, I kind of like, um, the diners where you really can't eat the food while you're driving. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that that's pretty much any other restaurant other than the drive-through. Yeah. Though I would like, I don't know, I would like to create a, a a restaurant with things specifically made to eat while you're driving, possibly like you squeeze it out of a tube or oh. something like oh. that. Maybe yeah. a bag you strap to your face. You know, just <laughs> lean into the eating while driving. Engineer these foods you know, specifically that like for a, that. That sounds like a song. Strap on the feed bag. That's right. <laughs> Come to the. Yeah. Would you Come like the... a Would you like a tube of hamburger? 
feedbacks are us. Um, so, you know, another question I was kind of wanting to ask you, Chris, was um, how does your family feel about your uh, musical endeavors? I, you know, I hesitate calling it a career, but yeah, endeavors. It does take, well, I, I like to think that all of my family, from my mom to, to my wife, um, throughout my life, they have been tolerant. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know if you want your family to be your biggest fans, but you do at least want them to um, not inhibit you. And living with a musician, I mean, it sounds cool in theory. Oh my gosh, mm -hmm. I get to listen to music all the time. But the music you get to listen to when you live with a musician is them practicing the same song that they can't mm -hmm. play over and over and over. Right. It is it it is hard. I I mm -hmm. do have sympathy to the people that have to listen and I appreciate the fact that they do not kick me out. <laughs> so I mean that that is that is all that is all I ask for and and all of my family has always given me that. And uh, I, I do think you do you do have to be mindful of the people in your home and you do have to be tolerant. And it's nice, like um, my stepdaughter play is in orchestra mm -hmm. and it's I love hearing her practice. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful. Um, but I'm also a musician who practices, so I could probably appreciate that a little more than just mm -hmm. somebody who is trying to watch TV while someone's you know playing the same part over and over again on, on mm -hmm. the floor above them but although uh, I, f I found a go around in terms of that i oh, can tell me i'm learning how to play guitar as you know um and i can sit on the couch watching tv with an electric guitar not plugged in and work out some finger patterns that really are not loud at all yeah, that's not bad. I mean, and, and clearly your wife is tolerant of it because yeah. an unplugged-in electric guitar could still be annoying. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I was also going to say um, Carla would often refer to um, my, bands, my bands as my other wife. <laughs> so I, I don't know if you've gotten anything like that. No, no. I, I, uh, I get work wives. Um, so that okay. that's what I get a hassle for. Yeah. You know, that's a thing. People talk about their work wife and their work husband. Right. And right. I didn't realize that. But then when I started reading about it, I realized that was something that I did. Yeah. I don't know if it's bad, but, I, you know, you go to work for a place, you need allies. Right. You know, partners. you want to at least get one person on your side. And when you're like me, that can... You know, everybody else is going to be against you. You could rub people the wrong way. So you want to, you want to carve out a few that uh, that are at least consistent. Yeah. But I no, I that I have a I have work wise. I don't have one right now because I'm working remotely. But I assume I'll get one again eventually. Um, but another thing I do, uh, and again, you know, being a musician in a household, uh, you you do have to be mindful. So mm -hmm. I try to encourage everybody else to play. And right. my, my young stepson, uh, I have him hooked up with an electronic keyboard and I have an electric drum kit and he and I jam. We rock nice. out. We're nice. working on his YouTube uh, channel mm -hmm. and we recorded some original music that he wrote, some instrumental stuff for the background. And nice. it turned out fantastic. Oh, good. That's good to hear. So I, I like to think that I, I am enriching other people in my home with my work as well. 
but I, I'm at least offsetting the annoyance that I cause. So you know, I, I understand music is is a great hobby for you, but you have other hobbies and other interests. What what else uh, you know trips your fancy? Um, well, um, <laughs> I like television. <laughs> no, I mean, I I guess the other thing, what what I really, what my dream hobby is is not music which is maybe a little weird but i uh was always dreamt of being a scientist Mm -hmm. that didn't work um (laughs) it doesn't pay very well apparently and when you get in you know there's a crisis in science don't get me on a soapbox about that Mm. but i have been doing a, a lot of research at home on artificial intelligence and robotics and i've done a ton of work with that but much like my music, that nobody's interested in hearing about it. You know, when you're not in academia, they're like, well, what what have you published? And like nothing. And mm-hmm. you sort of can't publish. But I don't know. I guess I could. There's all sorts of pay, pay-to-play journals out there. Right. R- fly-by-night mm-hmm. uh, scientific journals. Maybe mm-hmm. I should just do that. It's certainly good mm-hmm. enough for... Uh, for all the postdocs out there in uh, the publisher parish environment. But yeah, I, I would love to, um, hopefully, I've been trying to get this together for a few years, but I've been getting together a ready to program robot kit. Hmm. And I'm on my third or fourth iteration of that. And I would like, I've, I've written most of the software, mm-hmm. but it's one of those things like, so Mike, you know, you, you want to play around with robots, where do you start? I don't know, get a Roomba? <laughs> they actually do sell Roombas ready for programming, but for mm. they're like $2,000. Oh, yikes. So the, the, it's, not a, it's not a real entry-level thing. It's not something that you'd be like, I want to dip my toe in and see if nice. I like this. And there isn't anything out there. So I'm, I'm trying to put together, I want to put together a Kickstarter with maybe about a hundred dollars of a robot and it will work out of the box. Well, it won't, you'll have to assemble it. I'm not building it for you, but it'll have all the parts and it should be easy enough to assemble and you can run it out of the box and you can program it either through a graphic interface or you can just program it straight up if you're into that sort of thing. So that's, that is really my dream job. The, The other thing about it is that since I research AI so much, I'm really into um, reason. What does that? What do you mean by that? How to think better. How to make better decisions. I don't understand. Using your brains. Well, you're a therapist. You have to be flexible. (laughs) You know, (laughs) when somebody tells you something that's completely irrational, you have to keep a straight face and tell them that their feelings are valid. Otherwise, (laughs) you know, you might make them cry. But um, or crying is good in therapy. Oh, all right. Well, then maybe I'd be good at it. <laughs> I mean, um, I keep I, I have two Kleenex boxes in my office. One for you and one for them. <laughs> uh, that's the backup. But anyways, tell me about this. <laughs> okay. Yes, um, it's not good for think? the therapist to cry, only only your client. But yeah, so I'm like, you know, if I could teach a, a piece of electronics how to think, maybe I could teach people how to think mm. better. It's easier and harder, but I it, I do believe in, I do have faith that I if we used our minds to the full extent, we could make better decisions what? and, you know, solve problems. 
like global warming or poverty or war or persecution you know list list your favorite problems mm -hmm. in the world and nobody's ever going to come out and say you know what we should do we should make bad decisions that'll fix this problem let's let's do the dumbest thing possible so you know if we talked about what what are you know the way i program a robot to think it's like well let's just take these out and write them out in a list and then mm -hmm. people can use this to think and come up with better ideas so i i would also enjoy doing that but let me tell you people people are not ready <laughs> once you what i discovered is once you start using these things uh, you discover everything in your life is a lie so it, it can be mm -hmm. a bit traumatic um People survive through a healthy amount of self-delusion and, and stripping that away. You may want to you may want to go easy on that. Well, and we only know what we've experienced and, and learned through experience in our lives. And there's so much more to know. There is. It's 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 daunting. You know, the the background that I always use in Zoom and whatever that you're looking at right now. This is this is audio only is. Uh, the Hubble deep field where they uh, so you know we stared at this tiny patch of sky like 600 of these would fit inside the bowl of the Big Dipper and um, we found 30,000 galaxies this is how mm. small we are in the universe and uh, it's not flattering you know we want to believe that we're special and and we are in a way, just not in most ways. <laughs> so, so the Earth is making it small in the galaxy. Yes, exactly. Just like us musicians, mm -hmm. we're very small, but we love it and we're happy. Here's the Earth in a giant universe filled with billions and billions of other stars and planets. But you know, That's we right. still have value. We still That's enjoy right. what we're doing and we are, we are legitimate. And, uh, you know, if it's good enough for the earth, it's good. I, th I think it's good enough for, for us, too. So Absolutely. So, Chris, I'd, I'd like to really um, thank you for coming on the show today. And um, It was my is pleasure. There any, is there really anything else that you want the listening audience to know to really understand and get into the mind and psyche yes. of Chris Brosky? Well, not just of me. I mean, to me, I want to talk about why why I'm why I think this podcast is important and what mm. I think I want to tell everybody is that uh, you can be a musician. You don't have to be, I hear too many people. It's like, Oh, don't learn music. You'll, you'll never make it big. And it's like, mm. that's good. You don't want to make it big. Music has so much there for everybody. Anybody can learn an instrument. That's right. And you know, it's, it is such a great hobby because once you get an instrument, you don't have to pay anymore. You could play that instrument as much as you like. It's very affordable. Um, it's always there for you if you're stressed out, you need to relax, but it's also sociable. You know, you can go to open mics, you can play with other people, you can get in a band. It's, it's, it's really, it is probably the most enriching part of my life. And you know, as we're going through this last year with shelter in place, I know people have been very stressed. Yeah, they haven't been able to get out. Um, they're scared and and they lost their job and all those things. And and I just think 
you know, for me, so much coping comes with music. And yeah. I, I feel like if more people had that, they would have, they could have that too. It isn't special um, for me or for anyone else. You know, no. I, I do think that you can enrich your life. And I know a lot of people just, they just support local musicians. You yeah. know, we have people who show up at the open mic just to listen to people and encourage them and be part of the music community that way. I think there's a lot there that we're not, we, we're underusing. You know, mm -hmm. you hear things on the radio and you think, oh, I can never be huge, not like you know Taylor Swift or whatever. But you know what? She was a she was an angsty teenage girl playing guitar That's in her room at one point too. That's you know? right. And um, maybe she misses it sometimes. You know, my take on this um, is something I use in therapeutic ses sessions often, particularly with depressed people. Um, and, and it's something that I, I know quite personally because when you're depressed, you need something to be proud of. You need to be to feel like you can create something like you're, you need a win. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and music has been wonderful for me. Um, There's so not, many little wins in it, is yeah, it, isn't there? Yeah. And it's, it's not the same for everybody. You know, you you, you might be able to learn creative cooking or, or, or painting or art or something. I do like cooking. You know, <laughs> you know I, I like eating. But um, but something to be passionate about and something to be proud about. And music is one of those big things. It's true. Yeah. You know what? You write You write a song, you got a win. You know, you yeah. play a song, you got yourself a win. You know, there's all right. these opportunities for success. And, mm -hmm. you know, we, we need some need little successes. It, it helps so right. much. So tell us, Chris. Um, as we're wrapping up, who who's going to be our, our guest for next month? Oh, our our first real guest. We are going to yeah. rope Dave Roof in, the owner of Rooftop Recording, and just a fantastic musician, really nice guy. And uh, I I I have lots of questions I want to ask him about his journey and and how he you know i talked about how difficult it was for me to be a pro you know mm -hmm. how what what's his secret right. how does he how does he keep it fun you know that's what i want to hear those are great questions and you know i i, I want to talk to him about his journey into vegetarianism uh yeah i journeyed there once and then i found my way out <laughs> um, it was fun while it lasted. You know, and, and raising butterflies, I think, is a fascinating thing that he does. Oh, I talked to him about that for like an hour once. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> no, so, he's a real interesting guy, and, and I'm really like, I think he's going to be a great first guest. And um, and it is like, so we're, we're, we're part-time, I would call us, because we do occasionally make money. Dave is a full-time musician. And those are, those are the two types of people I'd like to talk to here because you know people might want to do one or the other and um but no i want to make this clear taylor swift if you want to come on our show you're not no. allowed no. because this is making it small i'm sorry we can't we we have our standards no, no justin Bieber's. no famous people only people who <laughs> are unknown and just do it for the love of it so well, we're well, very like exclusive I'd like to thank you for your time, and this has been fantastic and wonderful. Glad you could join Barker and Broski for today's uh, today's interview. I have had a great time talking about myself <laughs> obsessively. You know, there's nothing I like to do more, and.
and I appreciate the opportunity. All right, later. <laughs>